10:54. If uh, well, this is a, I have attended 25 of the 27 conferences that the church has hosted here, and uh, I've never went away disappointed. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I've never went away less than overjoyed in this conference. If the Lord doesn't return, uh, by the way, uh, this month I will have been saved 50 years. I hadn't got over it yet. Next year at this time, if the Lord has not come and I am still here on earth, I will have been in the ministry 50 years. And I hadn't got over that yet either. Yes, this time next year. And I haven't gotten over that either. I want to thank the church for inviting me again. And uh, as I've said 25 times prior to this or 24 times prior to this, I do not take it for granted. I am humbled that I would be invited. Thank you for your hospitality and your love, your friendship to me over the years. means a lot to me and my wife. She's been faithful to be here with me and by my side all these times. What a glorious thing it is to be saved. I don't know if you all have tried to guess what my text will be today, but uh, I'd like to invite you to turn to the book of John, the 17th chapter. Read the first three verses of this chapter. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal. What is life eternal? What is the way of eternal life? This is life eternal, that they may know, that they may know thee, the only true God, And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Many people have introduced ways to improve life, to make people look younger, to give people more hair, more vitality, and more of this and more of that. But nevertheless, you're still going to get old. Even though you may look like a 32-year-old, if you're 80, you're 80. And that's a fact. 
So, but history has never been able to come up with, or rather, science has never been able to come up with a way of eternal life for mankind. There's all kinds of formulas, elixirs, all kinds of plans to help mankind, but nothing on this earth can give man eternal life. The fact is, you can't get out of this world alive. The Bible speaks much about eternal life. Eternal life means, and by the way, uh, you might take note of this. The Greek lexicon says that eternal life means without beginning and without ending. I have eternal life. Now, without beginning and without ending. So, the word life is described as life coming from God Almighty. Therefore, who has eternal life has always had eternal life and always will have eternal life. Now, can there be any greater support for the teaching, the doctrine of elective grace? I have eternal life. I have always had eternal life because a life that God gives is eternal. And so if that is true, then that uh, we must uh, understand that through the doctrine of God's elective grace. My subject is the way to eternal life. I would understand that, of course, to mean... The path. What is the path to eternal life? The Bible speaks uh, to mankind not in heavenly terms, but in earthly terms. Not in high speech, as Brother uh, Brother um, Kiger pointed out there. Uh, simple terms. God speaks to mankind in ways that mankind, uh, on the level of mankind's understanding, but... Without the heaven, the Holy Spirit present in you, you cannot even discern that. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. And that's, uh, in essence, what 1 Corinthians 2.14 says. The statement includes every person who has not received regeneration. If you... Or even if you're one of God's elect and you haven't been regenerated, this makes no sense uh, to you. It takes the empowerment of the Holy Spirit revealing these things to the soul. Now, my task this morning is not to analyze the subject in some high terms to the sinner, but to point the sinner to the way of eternal life. I'm not here to tell the sinner that if you are one of God's elect, that you have nothing to worry about because um, uh, you have eternal life. I'm not here to tell you that. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that being a sinner put you in danger of eternal hell and eternal death. 
John 3.36 says this, He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but he, but the wrath of God abideth on him. My text tells us exactly what eternal life means to the, in human terms. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, that is God Almighty, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So I have three short points here that I want to make to you. First of all, the reality of two deaths. And then we'll talk about the reality of eternal destruction. And then finally, the way to eternal life. Genesis chapter 2 verse 17, Romans 6:23 and Romans 5:12. These three verses uh, speak of two deaths which await every man, woman, and child who has, uh, has ever who has ever been born or ever will be born. However, they uh, they speak not only of physical death. When God spoke to Adam. He said, In the day that thou eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. Now, I don't know how long, how old Adam was at that time, but I know that he, after that, had two sons and many other children. But I also know that he lived to be 930 years old. But God said, in the day that you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. And he did. Yes. He died spiritually because he was at that point separated from God. And then later, 930 years old, Adam died physically. Romans chapter 12 speaks, or Romans chapter 5 verse 12 speaks in terms uh, of this and answers this verse of Scripture, answers to it, the Apostle Paul says, For as one, as, for, uh, as one man, entered in, as man entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. In 6.23 he said, For the wages of sin... Is death, and that applies in two senses. It applies the physical way as well. The reason we have death and sickness and and uh, sorrow and all of the uh, troubles and trials and problems in this physical life is because of sin. And the wages of sin is death. Every sinner who passes from this life to the next without Christ will pay the wage of sin. Revelation speaks of the second death in specific terms. Revelation 21.8, and there's, I think, four places where it's the second death is mentioned specifically. In 21.8 it says, But the fear of... Fearful and unbelieving and the abominable 
and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death so if you're a sinner and you leave this world through death you've got another one coming and this physical death is nothing The second death is the horror of your future. What can a person do to earn eternal death? Be born. That's what you can do. You become a wage earner when you're born. The wages of sin is death. You become a wage earner. At that time, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 that even the elect were the children of God's judgment apart from His loving grace. The Apostle Paul said, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together by grace you are saved. Magnificent love of God. Someone please tell me how this context of Scripture could possibly include all mankind without exception. It is not possible. It's not theological theological possible. It is not grammatically impossible to uh, to show here that this includes all mankind without exception. The way to eternal destruction. There is two deaths. The Scriptures teach us that. And so we know that. There is also the way to eternal destruction. The second death. There are many trains. Let's imagine here, and I'll use this illustration. We'll call it Grand Central Station. Many trains at Grand Central Station headed for the same in the same direction. These trains, engineers are preachers and priests and philosophers, religious leaders, all well-known, all well-respected and admired. They're highly intelligent and charismatic in their personalities. The fare for these trains is absolutely free. The depot from which these trains depart is called religion. The track is called deception. One conducts the train called benevolence. They do great works. They have great compassion for people. 
They are humanitarians. They help the poor. They support the, all the programs for poor people and for uh, the downcast. And they uh, do all these things. And they do great work. And I am not against that whatsoever. I am glad that there are people in the world, in this sin-sick world, who are humanitarians and willing to help others. But they're on a train headed the wrong way. Another conducts the train called goodness. They're good people. You hear this about, made comments about, well, he's a good person, she's a good person, or I'm a good person. They're good. They're good to their families. They're good family people. They're good to their neighbors. They treat their wives correctly, right. They treat their husbands right. They're faithful. They do all these things. They're good. Another conducts the train called law. And this train uh, carries those who uh, are boastful that they keep the law. As the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, All these I've kept from my youth. But he was thinking of those physical things. People who, I never have stolen. I never have cheated. I never have coveted. I never have killed. I never have done any of these things. I've always honored my father and my mother. I go to church. I do all these things. I keep the law. Finally, the train, the conductor who conducts the train called Pride And the people on the pride train have done it all. And they're not ashamed to brag about it. They say, look at what I have done. I have done all these things and I deserve to go to heaven. And they're riding on this train thinking, all these passengers on all these trains are riding along the tracks thinking that they're going to heaven. Along the route, the train passes through a city called Vanity Fair. And there, there they embark or disembark and they are allowed to go and spend as much time as they care to spend. And the trains will not leave until the last person has done everything and seen everything they want to see and do before they reembark the train. And so, it is a very easy, smooth ride. All the amenities are on the train. Everything that a person could ever want. The horror of the whole thing is, the passengers do not realize where they're headed until they arrive and find there is no train for a return trip. They have crossed the bridge which has collapsed behind them. 
and there is no return. This is the way to eternal destruction. Simply be born. Simply depend on yourself or your good works or your benevolence or your feelings or your feeling that you deserve. Depending on all these things is the road, the highway, the train to eternal destruction. But there is another way. The way to eternal life. There's no other train at another station. There's this other train, rather, is called the train of salvation. It's headed in the opposite direction. This train is called the grace of God, and the track is known as the truth. It is the way to eternal life. This engineer is called Emmanuel, the great I Am, and the Alpha and Omega. All those aboard this train are called the redeemed. The fare of the ride to heaven and eternal life is so expensive that no man can possibly pay the fare. But it has been bought and paid for far in advance by the engineer himself who calls himself our friend and our brother. Matthew twelve forty nine, And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. John fifteen fifteen. Henceforth I call you not servants, For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I have called you friends. For all these things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. 1 John 5, 12. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath the Son hath life. There are no other ways to heaven and to eternal life. Every other way leads to destruction and eternal damnation. Jesus said to his disciples, This message has been conveyed down through the centuries, preached from many a preacher's mouth, from many pulpits. Jesus said unto his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That message is being diminished today. 
in favor of other religions. Many preachers are becoming so weak-kneed and their backbones are becoming jello when it comes to these things. I'm just about finished, right? They're afraid to offend the world. I want you to know, beloved pastors, preachers here, people of this congregation and others, if the world is not offended by what you preach, you're not preaching the right thing. This, this truth is not favorable to the world. Now, I would, I would just as easily minister the gospel to a Muslim as I would a Baptist neighbor across the street. Makes no difference to me. I'll tell them both the same truth. If you want to obtain eternal life, you must trust the one who paid the fare. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ, and he paid the fare. He did it by becoming a sacrifice, which the Almighty Judge required as prepayment. The payment was not made for all mankind without exception but for those whom the Heavenly Father has given to His Son. The ticket is not purchased by faith, but through faith you can claim your prepaid ticket. John seventeen eleven. Now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thy name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Remember what he said in the first part of John 14? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. To ensure that you are one of them, you must trust the Son and His fatal sacrifice on the cross and believe that He has risen from the grave to secure your eternal life. A fatal sacrifice and resurrection from the dead is the means by which God has chosen 
to justify the helpless sinner. Verse 3 of our text, And this is life eternal. Here's life eternal. That you might know Him. That you may know God. The only true God, Jesus Christ, His Son. The glory of it all is that there is no returning train. Once you have arrived, you will remain there throughout all eternity. The way to eternal life. So these things that I've shown are real facts. Albeit we have used some illustration here. The reality of two deaths the way of destruction, and the way of eternal life. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now that judgment is eternal destruction. It's the second death. The judgment is the second death, And everyone not found written in the book of life will experience the second death, which is a complete and eternal separation from the Almighty God. Now, you you may think you don't want to be around God now. One day, you will scream in agony for one glimpse of God. Right quickly. Next, we have learned the way of destruction. That way is the way of all human flesh. There's nothing that you can, uh, that you must do to accept, uh, to do except to be yourself. Follow the worldly crowd. Matthew seven thirteen. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way. That leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Finally, we have learned a great truth that there is a way to eternal life. That's the good news. That way is narrow only through repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for many sinners who have been and are being drawn by the God, the Holy Spirit. For if you so desire to know the way and follow that way, then come to Christ. You must come in faith and humility, recognizing your need for a Savior. This is proof that the Holy Spirit is drawing you. If you have a desire to be saved, God will save you. And that's the truth. May God bless you. Thank you, brother.